The Italian Wine Podcast is the community-driven platform for Italian wine geeks around the world. Support the show by donating at italianwinepodcast.com. Donate five or more euros and we'll send you a copy of our latest book, My Italian Grape Geek Journal, absolutely free. To get your free copy of My Italian Grape Geek Journal, click support us at italianwinepodcast.com or wherever you get your pods. Grazie mille. Welcome to another episode of On the Road Edition, hosted by Stevie Kim. Each week, she travels to incredible wine destinations, interviewing some of the Italian wine scene's most interesting personalities, talking about wines, the foods, as well as the incredible travel destinations. Hello, everybody. My name is Stevie Kim, and we are back on the road edition of Italian Wine Podcast through Mama Jumbo Shrimp YouTube channel. So don't forget to subscribe to our channel. We've started this about 10 months ago. And today we're here in, I'm kind of confused. I don't know if it's Lazio or Umbria, but we are here with Guillaume Gelli. He's actually a Frenchman in Italy, and he's the winemaker for the winery. It's called Paolo and Noemia D'Amico. That's the name of the winery, exactly, right? Exactly. It's, it's quite long. So, Kiyom, tell us a little bit about yourself, what you do at the winery. Hi, so thanks for having me. So, basically, in the, we're running 31 hectares of vineyard, driving on the organic way, and then basically taking care about the vineyard managing and the winemaking. So, where are we? Tell us, explain to us where we are. So it's, exactly. Exactly. So it's a very, very special spot. We are just in front of the Kalanki Valley, kind of green canyon in the border between Lazio and Umbria. That landscape was built over the years by the volcanic eruption from the Bolsena volcano, who became now one of the deepest lakes in Europe. So it's uh, a famous place for the Etruscan in the past. So we are North Lazio, just 10 minutes from Tuscany, Five minutes from Umbria. Ten so, minutes from Tuscany? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So we are really on the border on the very rich cultural area. That's why we are here to, to bring yeah. to bring and to show up this place. So the wine estate is located also in Villa Terrena. Exactly. And you have a magnificent view of this green canyon, as Guillaume said. You can tell by his accent, he's French. He has that terrible French accent. <laughs> How long have you been living here? Living here? No, it's uh, about 11 years. Okay. 11 years. So, you know, Guillaume, I have to confess that I was not expecting this type of winery in this area because I see that your wines are in a way different from the other wineries here in this area where everyone is focused on the indigenous great varieties. You have gone the complete opposite way, if you will. Just give me kind of an overview because I know you're quite busy and we don't have very much time, but I would like for you to tell our audience how many labels you have and what kind of grapes you use. Yeah, so about with 31 hectares of vineyards, we have 10 different labels. From the Orvieto we tasting together yesterday mm -hmm. until the going through two different 100% varietal wine, more international, like our Chardonnay. I just pour you the Calanchi di Vallano, 
with a 100% Chardonnay, the Kalaki you mentioned before. And on this side, you have to think that the winery was created back in 85. Mm -hmm. And having a look at the uh, international side of the wine business, it was more about the Chardonnay, the international variety, like the Merlot or the Pinot Noir. And about the Chardonnay, I mean, uh, no, because the autochthon grapes just show up, let's say, a bit more well-known for the last five, eight years, let's say. Before, it was quite difficult about the Cagnanolo, uh, Trebbiano to understand for the consumer. And this variety, like the Chardonnay, for example, is, is the white variety most planted around the world. It would be a reason. The reason is first, the Chardonnay is allowed you to have a very low yield, quality yield, like 60, uh, 6 tonnes per hectare, until 50 or even the triple. So you can ask him to produce a low yield or big yield up to the objective of the wine you want to make. Then the Chardonnay is one of the best translation from the soil. Mm -hmm. So let him, you can handle him, let's say, to express very well different kind of terroir. And as we are on the volcanic soil, it was very, let's say, clear that the Chardonnay would be one of the best expression. And at the end, it's just a few places around the world making wine on the, on the volcanic spots. So it's a specificity we have to bring in and to show to the wine. And the volcanic soil, together with the, the Chardonnay variety, just an amazing wedding, let's say. So, you know, I've asked you to show us three kind of your signature wines, right? So this is our first wine, which is Chardonnay. Yes. 100% Chardonnay. So tell us about a little bit, just briefly about, I would say, the vineyard conditions. Yes. The soil, the microclimate, without going into specific details, just a very broad overview. And, of course, the winemaking. So... This is one of the, our flagship for the whites, the, the Calanchi di Vallano. So it's 100% uh, Chardonnay 2020 and only Steiner Steel. So first it's coming from the, our oldest vineyard, which is now 37 years old. So it's kind of the golden age for the vineyards. The vineyard, the golden age for the vineyard is like from 30 to 80 years, a bit like us. And about the yield, about the complexity, the aromatic complexity we can reach in the, during the maturity in the grapes. And that's why it's only stainless steel fermented. It doesn't need any oak. It doesn't need any malolactic. We just want the pure expression coming out from the volcanic soil. So this is our flagship in sense of it just show all the complexity coming from the soil just on a simple winemaking way. So once again, we are not here to really make wine, but to express the quality of the soil. So this is kind of the essence of the Chardonnay from this area. Yes. That's what you want. And no aging in other vessels. So it's aging eight months on the stainless steel, mm -hmm. on the fine leaves, to give what I told you about some roundness, mm -hmm. but not even, but even some stability, allowing me to have a very, very sulfite rate. In the other side, the Kalanki, is expression is an amazing complexity as this kind of wine is so easy in the winemaking that it tells you the story of the vintage. And 2020 uh, is a nice example. Uh, the same Chardonnay, the same maturity, another kind of soil will have a very low acidity and be very, let's say, heavy on the palate. Here, thanks to the freshness kept by the volcanic soil, thanks to the beauty of the volcanic soil, it's allowed me to keep very nice acidity and have having a balanced wine at the end. 
So no wood at all? No wood hinging on okay. this one. We got okay. another version of the Chardonnay with mm -hmm. a Palaisia, with a oaky Chardonnay. But let's say this one, it's you want to have a first approach or a first uh, touch to the winery. I mean, the Kalanki, after the Orvieto, the Kalanki is really meaning a lot for us. And how many bottles are you producing of this? Of this one, we are about 30,000 bottles. And in total? So we're still on the family size winery mm -hmm. and it's about 200,000 bottles a year. Mm -hmm. So the second one, still speaking about the variety. Mm -hmm. So here we are back on the autochtone variety. We got our Orvieto which made with the autochtone variety. And then the Agila. Agila is our newborn wine existing for three years now. It's 100% Grigetto with our local grapes, the autochtone grapes here in the Tusha, in the Kalanki. And it's fermented in amphora. So it was not just about doing a Grigetto uh, in stainless steel or in oak. But it was looking deeply uh, how we can reach a bigger body, having an aging potential more important, but staying on the fruity part. And until now, it was more assimilated to the barrel. But the barrel have a taste impact, or organoleptic impact, obviously. And here we're looking, the amphora brings some neutrality on the taste, but let the wine breathe like a barrel. So you got a full expression of the degregato, and it's all magnificent by the amphora. So it's a kind of new reason. It's back to the base. I mean, we are here, the amphora was the store here, the Truscan, this is an Etruscan amphora you saw on the label. Mm -hmm. So, the, and the name is linked to the Etruscan amphora too. We are just looking back in the past and uh, applicating to the new method, let's and say. And is this a smaller production? I mean, this you're using is... the amphora, so I'm imagining that it will be a smaller production. Yeah, at the moment, we are about 5,000 bottles a year, mm -hmm. increasing the production because we are very pleased that the product gets a nice success about the, our clients. So it will increase in the, in the future, but uh, still staying on the small production. And what is the aging capability of these wines? I mean, infinity. Uh, this wine will, uh, so this one is a 2021, just mm -hmm. bottle, just born, and it will have easily 10 to 12 years to age. Okay. Uh, but when does it nice. reach the maximum? Like, it doesn't get better after that period. I mean, after eight, nine years. Okay, so and the optimum period would be to drink after eight or nine years. Yeah, from eight until 15 will be the top period, and then maybe you will have a some uh, you will find some evolution are you enjoying this podcast don't forget to visit our youtube channel mama jumbo shrimp for fascinating videos covering stevie kim and her travels across italy and beyond meeting winemakers eating local foods and taking in the scenery now back to the show But once again, staying on the fine leaves give a very good stability to the wine. And it's like having a reductive part against the oxidation of the wine. Even open, we saw just putting back the cork, keeping for two, three days, just getting more and more open, giving you more complexity and just getting better and better. It's not afraid by the oxygen, it's just helping him to get more open. So the vinification is made at the wine are stable by itself and not thanks to the, the help of the sulfite, for example. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, talking about sulfites, are all of your wines organic? So we are organic without certification for the moment. Yeah, because I didn't see any of the labels. We just start the process because I will tell you, 
The certification is about the market, maybe the marketing, but we're doing organic for what you see outside. Mm -hmm. We are the closest to the Kalanki Valley, so it's kind of our responsibility today to be sustainable, organic for the moment, biodynamic maybe in the future, is the way to protect the nature. And obviously, our goal is not only making wine from a terroir, is to keep the potential of the soil that will be the same strength, the same potential, the next 10, 20, 100 years. So we're here, we're just here for a passage, you know, for a few short of time, then to the next generation will coming over. And it's a responsibility. Our generation, it's kind of responsibility taking care about the landscape or what we're making, the wine is coming from, and without or with a certification. You know, people right now, of course, organic is very trendy, right? Um, sure, it's, sure. Uh, you can say, or natural wines. Yeah. Oh, vegan wines, right? But how do you feel about sustainable wines? How do you differentiate? For you personally, yeah. what is the difference between organic and sustainable wine? So basically, sustainable is taking care about it without any official restriction. So is sustainable for me is a sense, for you is another, for every people get a sense, up to our own action in our everyday life. Being organic, it's just, you know, moving on on this philosophy and making clear to the clients, like the natural wine, is just having the pure expression. Then you can have some nice expression, expression that you doesn't really like, but the aim, the objective at the end is always having the true product, the authenticity of the taste. And that's what I'm fighting against is the homogenizione all the taste became uniform mm -hmm. through the people like the sweet people like more sweet the bitter almost disappeared the last uh, years everyone wants to have dry wines and even more round wine a lot of roundness ready drinking wine mm -hmm. so something a bit too easy compared to the complexity of the wine world wine needs time a great wine will never be ready straight away. Then markets needs everything. Wine ready the first year, then maybe able to age. But I mean, when you're respecting the wine, it's always about time. And so going on the authenticity of the taste is back to the organic, is back of the terroir speak, having the expression of the vintage. This is the same, sustainable at the end, the results be going on the expression of the vintage. And then you can choose natural wine, Again, vegan, we could be vegan certificated as the no wines get ever uh, fine because it's about the fining. Mm -hmm. uh, but we're doing that for us, not for the marketplace. So, I mean, at the end, the intention is always positive. Then is all you can handle it and all really you want to push it forward. Mm -hmm. Like the amphora, the non-sulfite wines, always all deep you can to reach the most authentic taste. Okay, very good. So you have 10 wines and how many reds and how many whites? So six whites and four reds. Okay. And what are your four red wines? So the first one great varieties. is a Merlot Syrah, but a young one, only, yeah. only stainless steel that we're putting on the market every year with the new vintage, mm -hmm. playing on the freshness, on the flavor and on the silky, very discreet tannin, very supple. And a very nice expression of the vintage. Then we have the Pinot, Pinot Noir, Nocturno de Calanqui. Mm -hmm. I just pour you now, 2018. And here we got another example of the Pinot Noir of the volcanic soil. This wine existing just thanks to the volcanic soil. 
So Notturno dei Calanchi, exactly. So we are always very linked to the Calanchi. It's our identity. And the Pinot. So the Pinot is maybe the most difficult variety I have to deal with because mm -hmm. you have to protect him from the sun. Yeah, Otherwise, very... the sun just burn all the acidity and all the flavors. And a lot of people. What is what is the altitude here? We are about 300 meters above okay. the sea level, so not really high, but you can still feel it even during night time. And the Pinot, so we have very low yield. We are about 5.5 ton per hectare, mm -hmm. naturally. And we have to protect the sun, uh, from the sun. When the do grapes. you harvest ordinarily And the harvesting is about mid-September, let's say from the 10th to the 15th September, about the harvest. And here it's important to reach the phenolic maturity, not about the sugar, and being taking care that the sugar is not going really high. And a lot of people when are coming to us, I say, oh, your Pinot will be kind of jammy, right? I said, no, because we are on the volcanic soil. And here you see the beauty of the volcanic soil that allowed us to produce the Notturno dei Calanchi. Why is this called Notturno dei Calanchi? So Notturno dei Calanchi is like a signal mm -hmm. by nighttime on the Calanchi. So having glass, so it's always really on the seductive part of the Pinot that reveals you the, you know, the atmosphere about the Calanchi and the Serenade is always very romantic. And when do you release this wine? Because we're drinking now the 18. 18. So is this the current vintage in the market? Yes, exactly. Okay. So after 12, 15 months up to the vintage aging in the French oak barrel, this wine was bottled and then just laid down. And you just release every vintage when it reaches the full maturity. You know, the bottling is always the most stressful period for the wine because coming from long and easy, lazy aging period to the stress of the bottling line, uh, the wine needs time to get back and to reach the balance that it was before. So, Guillaume, is it because you're French that we have all these French grape varietals, or let's say international? Or did you find all the wines like this when you started? No, they, they started the wine before I came. I got, I'm fortunate to find this place. Uh, the variety, it was because the owner, Mrs. and Mrs. D'Amico, fall in love with Burgundy. That's why we have Chardonnay and Pinot. Mm -hmm. And as I told you, when you arrived, uh, they were looking for this place first to start the vineyard. Right. And Vallano, where we are, was well known in the past to be a high quality post for the grapes. So we're speaking about the 8,000th century, 1800, and fixing the price for all the area until Orvieto. Mm -hmm. So they decided to start the journey here. And uh, fortunately, they stayed on the top of the hill because once you're going down to the hill, you find a heavy clay and it's a totally different world. Here on the great tufon, the volcanic soil, we got unique spot okay, to growing so wines. Uh, we're running out of time, so let me just ask you one last question. How would you like D'Amico to be going forward in terms of wine styles and winemaking in the next two to three years? So, you know, yeah. so, short term. Uh, I mean, short term, the bases are already on. I mean, with the, the organic, next step will be the certification to really show to the people or the client, the new customer don't really know us already. That's the way of producing. But then, I mean, it's not, uh, you know, every year it's a challenge. Mm -hmm. Every year we try to do better in a sense of way. So that's the real challenge, keeping the quality, the quality base are always looking for more authenticity. It will be maybe through the biodynamic in a few years. Maybe it will be staying like this, but 
new method like the Amphora. At the moment, it is crazy world, having a stable identity and uh, looking deeper in it without changing and without looking what everyone are doing, but just what is the best for you, for where you are from. That's a good target. Okay. So that's it. Signing off. And it's a wrap from Villa Tirena from the winery that is called Paolo and Noemia D'Amico from kind of Lazio Umbria, Toscana. Lazio Umbria. Yeah, Lazio Umbria. So that's it. And hope to see you soon on the next episode. Thank you. Bye-bye. Thank you for joining us on another installment of On the Road Edition, hosted by Stevie Kim. Join her again next week for more interesting content in the Italian wine scene. You can also find us at italianwinepodcast.com or wherever you get your pods. You can also check out our YouTube channel, Mama Jumbo Shrimp, to watch these interviews and the footage captured of each location. Chin chin!